0: Let's pray, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, Amen. Well I'm continuing on from last week with uh, the text of 2 Corinthians and pretty much on the same topic on suffering as Christians in this world. If you remember from last week, the Apostle Paul and Timothy wrote to the Corinthian church in chapter one of 2 Corinthians that God comforts or consoles us through Christ and that his consolation to us in the midst of our suffering is as abundant as his suffering for us was for our salvation. In God's consoling us, his presence is realized, and he expects us to pass on his consolation to others who are suffering. Now, I didn't cover uh, everything uh, last week in chapter one, but but in chapter one, uh, verse nine, Paul shows us that he also understood through his own personal experience that. He had been brought to the point of death in suffering so that he would no longer rely upon himself, but exclusively on God. And from there, from then on, he set his hope on God alone, who could do, of course, what Paul could never do on his own. Well, today I want to focus on 2 Corinthians 4, uh, verses 12 to 18. In 2 Corinthians 4, verse 12, Paul and Timothy, who we wrote uh, this letter with, um, wrote this. So death is at work in us, but life in you. What did they mean by that? How was death at work in Paul and Timothy and life in others? Well, death was at work in them as they gave of their physical bodies and their energy as a medium for the gospel of Christ to go forth, even risking their very lives for the sake of others and sharing the gospel with them. Paul and Timothy were not using the majority of their natural energy for their own sustenance or their self-preservation, or to secure a comfortable retirement. No, they were spending their physical lives for the sake of others, that others might hear and receive the gospel, and receive spiritual life with the gospel. And that is how death was at work in them, but spiritual life was being produced, in others by their sacrificial act which was inspired by God's Holy Spirit. Paul and Timothy wrote in verse 13 since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written I believe and so I spoke we also believe and so we also speak. So that is what inspired Paul and Timothy's purpose in, in life and in sharing the gospel. It was their belief. Their belief in what? Well, the context of that statement came from Psalm 116, where the psalmist says this to God, You have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believed, and therefore I will speak. Well, Paul and Timothy are saying the same as the psalmist. They too believed that God delivered their souls from death, eternal death, and so they spoke, giving their temporal and physical lives then, and in doing so. Well, let me ask you this. Do you believe that God delivered your soul from death? Are you thankful enough for that, if you do, to share God's way of eternal grace to others in this temporal life, being inspired by what you believe God has done for you? If we have that same spirit of faith as the psalmist, as And as Paul and Timothy had, should not the same be true of each of us Christians? We believe and so we speak. In chapter 2 of 2 Corinthians, Paul explained how that is supposed to work for us. It works the same way as it did for him, as Jesus' followers Jesus leads us. He leads us, Paul tells us, always in triumph, even here on earth, because He's won the battle. He's defeated the enemy of sin and death. He did so upon the cross, and now He leads us always in triumph. We, however, may not always feel the triumph of our Lord who is leading us because we are still in the heat of the battle in this world. Still, we are guaranteed victory no matter what we face and no matter what happens to us. And as we are led by Jesus, Paul tells us that Jesus is at work spreading certain fragrance, spreading a certain fragrance through us. Well, what is that? A, a fragrance that comes, Paul tells us, by knowing Jesus and by spending time in his presence. That fragrance is emitted as we share the gospel with others. And it's a fragrance, Paul teaches, uh, of eternal life to those being saved, those attracted by it. But it is also something else. It is something repulsive to those who are on their way to destruction as it makes them aware of their sin and aware of eternal death to come. Now, why are we led in triumph, confident of victory already when the battle seems still to be raging on? It's not because we know that we're not going to suffer and and die in this world. No, the chances are we will. We will suffer and die in this world unless Jesus returns before our time. But it's, as Paul says, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us, as he said to the Corinthians, with you into his presence. That's uh, from verse 14 of chapter 4. So that's why we can be confident of victory not because we're not going to suffer but because we will be raised again with Jesus after we die so for Paul and Timothy their whole focus and reason for being was not concerning this life at all but the much better and eternal life in the comfort of Christ's permanent presence and Paul and Timothy desired that for everyone their faith and their hope and reason for living was entirely wrapped up in the assurance of their being resurrected after death to be with Jesus resurrected in the same way that Christ was resurrected to something far better than the life that they now lived well they go on in verse 15 writing For it is all for your sake, meaning, meaning their present suffering, their present sacrifice and suffering that uh, Paul and Timothy were, were experiencing, it is all for your sake so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase to the glory of God. So obviously in saying that, it is also, uh, No, it is also, of course, ultimately for God's glory. The two of those work together. Paul's mission in sharing the gospel was ultimately to extend God's grace to more and more people and therefore to increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Increasing thanksgiving to the glory of God may may bring to mind something else that Paul wrote in Romans 1. 21 about fallen humanity. He wrote in Romans 1 21, although they knew God, that is understanding God's attributes by the things that he created, they did not glorify him as God nor were, were they thankful. And we know it goes on to talk about How God therefore judged them, allowing their hearts to be darkened with few exceptions until the time of Jesus Christ and the grace that God then offered in reconciliation through faith in Jesus Christ. So Paul and Timothy were now hoping and praying that many, many people would respond to to this grace that God extended now through Jesus Christ and receive it. And that would then increase the thanksgiving that was given to God, that God deserved, to God's glory. That was the plan, and and that was a great plan inspired by God, of course. So Paul goes on in verse 16, So we do not lose heart. Why did Paul not lose heart and why should we, who have the same mission from God as Paul and Timothy, not lose heart even with similar sufferings as as Paul in our own bodies? Well, it's because God has this great plan. And this plan includes us, his people, even as we endure this life in our frail and aging bodies. Paul gave four reasons already in this in this chapter for why we do not lose heart and give up. One in verse 11 because the life of Jesus is actively being manifested through our bodies here and now. It's being reflected and revealed in and through us to others and that all the more when we are weak dependent on God, especially as we suffer and continue on speaking the gospel of the love of God in Christ Jesus while we suffer. Two, in verse 12, our suffering is actually working life into others as they witness it accompanied by our testimony of Jesus's comfort in the midst of it. In other words, the life of Jesus is not only being manifested through us, but it's also being propagated, and that's an amazing thing. There's a third reason for not losing heart, and that's in verse 14. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will raise us also with Jesus and bring us into his presence. That's our hope and our trust, to be raised up after death and be comforted with Jesus forever. And in verse 15, is the fourth reason we should never lose heart. It's because God's grace will be extended through us to more and more people when we persevere, and that will cause thanksgiving. To increase to God's glory, so that's why we should not give up in this in this life, but persevere uh, with the mission that God has given to us, even in suffering. But of course, that's not an easy road uh, to to go down, and especially as Christians, as we as we know from Christ that this is not. Uh, Where we belong, we are not of this world any longer. We understand that. We understand that we will be given new glorified bodies soon. So what's this suffering all about? But we must also understand that we must have the mind of Christ even now and accept and offer our humble bodies of dust as frail and as Poor as they are, uh, these bodies that we have been given for now to glorify God and to use for his purpose, no matter how frail and broken they are. The Apostle Paul wrote this in Philippians 1:20 20 to 21. My eager expectation and hope is that I will not be at all ashamed. But that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For, f- for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. One thing mattered for Paul, as he stated in Philippians uh, 1.27. He said, only let your manner of life be worthy of Of the gospel of Christ. What a motto. Paul goes on in verse 16 of 2nd Corinthians 4 saying therefore we do not give up even though our outward person is being destroyed our inward person is being renewed day by day. Perhaps that's not the best way of translating the original Greek as we really do not have two persons or split personalities the outer person here means what everyone else can see in other words our bodies even though our outer body is weak and faltering in the process of wearing out and coming to its end our inner person or spirit is being renewed day by day Well, how is that? How is that happening? How is our spirit or inward person being renewed? It is being renewed by God's Holy Spirit. God's Holy Spirit is energizing our spirit as we yield to him more and more, even as our physical bodies begin to fail, uh, giving knowledge of himself, renewing our uh, renewing the spirits of our minds as we put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness as Ephesians 4:20 20 to 24 says Romans 12:1 to 2 instructs us what we are to do it says by the mercies of God present your bodies as living sacrifices as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. We have to do that daily, get into that habit. It goes on, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Of course, that's with his word and in prayer, allowing um, his word to speak to our hearts and renew uh, our our inner person. Paul is saying something incredible in 2nd Corinthians and it's this. It's that the very process of our suffering in this world is producing for us an absolute incomparable eternal weight of glory. And that is why we truly can rejoice in our suffering. But we can only realize joy in suffering when we have the same perspective as Paul, and that is an eternal perspective. When we realize what Paul writes in in verse 17, For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolute, incomparable, eternal weight of glory. If that is true, and it is, then we can start rejoicing even in suffering. Verse 18 So we do not focus on what is seen, but on what is unseen for what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal, for we know that if our temporary earthly dwelling is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal dwelling in heaven, in the heavens, not made with hands. That's the reality, if you know Jesus today, if you are one of his, putting your Faith and trust in his person and his work. His coming to earth. His sacrificing his life. Dying for your sins. That is what you have, eternal life with him. Let's pray. Lord God, we do thank you for your word and your promises. We thank you for uh, inspiring your apostle with these Great words of encouragement to us, Lord, as we are still in this world, but not of this world, as we wait to be clothed with you, Lord, as we wait to meet you, either in heaven in the rapture or in the resurrection, and we thank you that we have more to hope for than than this world because of you. Amen.